Lawyer Talk. Still in lockdown mode at 511 Studio C. Off the record on the air, we got Jared piped in as per the regulatory scheme implemented by the mighty, mighty government. Uh, Jared's uh, in Studio D? J. J. Studio J. Studio. What, uh, how did I forget? J-Town. J-Town. We're in J-Town, Jared Town. Because you got to remember that the studio's got, because you're in Studio C. Like Freddie's music studio is Studio B. Right. For the bug. Which it actually should be Studio C because of Sanderberg. Yeah. But you already had C. We already had C. I mean, what, what, what are we going to do? And then you got B for Blanchard. Freddie Blanchard. And then you got, there too. I like that. you got J for Studio Jared. Because you, you can't be B if he's B. Well, I'm not B. I'm, I'm J. No, you're J. For Johnstown. For Johnstown or Jared. Yeah, or they both work. They fall into it. They both work, right. So uh, still in lockdown mode, although it seems, Jared, that things are starting to... Um, uh, maybe a little bit of glimmer of hope in the horizon that we're going to start uh, opening up a little bit. Uh, DeWine is doing his thing. Uh, we'll get to that. We'll get to lots more. Uh, we do have, as the normal Wednesday schedule has been during the lockdown, the Blitz edition coming. That is, uh, since uh, the COVID-19 epidemic has descended on Columbus, uh, was I going to f- stop doling out the free legal advice on Wednesdays? No chance. We just combined it with lawyer talk. Um, so we're expecting a call anytime now. Uh, and what do you uh, think the questions are going to be today, man? I, I don't know that we've, we've heard a lot of stuff, a lot of questions about sort of, uh, initially it was the, like, what happens to my mortgage? What happens to my job? What happens to everything? And then it sort of shifted into, can I get divorced? Which is ironic, right? So then the domestic stuff happens. Uh, last week we had some other questions uh, along those lines. So things are moving. I, I would like to think that, uh, let's predict I think we're going to have a lot of insight and questions about what what do I have to do at work? Are they going to make me wear a mask? Are they that's, not going to make me wear a mask? That was my guess right there. Some people going back to work. Yeah, and what if people don't want to go back to work, but they're getting called back to work? So this is coming up too. It's like we have, we have created, I think, uh, uh, not intentionally, the government has created sort of a disincentive to go back to work in, in some ways. So people are at home on unemployment getting what half their initial pay uh, sitting at home on lockdown in quarantine. Uh, and then all of a sudden they started to receive the extra spike of the 600 out of the federal government. And in many situations, that's either more or about, or maybe just a tidge less than what they were making anyway. So why go back to work? No, majority of them. It's more. Yeah. And why go back to work? I mean, I'm, that's just, that's the thing. I mean, I, my people, I had, I had to let lay off people and, they're they're making more than they were with that six hundred on. They were making less without the six hundred. Yeah. But then you got that that federal six hundred. You know, like it's not like a lot more. You know, like fifty, hundred bucks. You know, I mean, they're but they're making more. Well, either way, they're not working. And you know, it's like if I could do nothing and collect my same or more or even almost the same, or I could go to work every day and risk this horrible exposure to this awful COVID nineteen. You know, it's like, what's the incentive there? So, uh, you know, there, I think we're going to start seeing some conflict there. And then there was some, I'm not going to go into political parties one way or another, but there's been a call from uh, certain uh, members of the House of Representatives uh, to not go back to work. These employees should not go back to work. They should uh, they should unite. They should band together and, and demand safe measures so they don't have to go back to work and, and risk this horrible exposure. Well, um, 
I, you know, I don't know what my thoughts, I do know what my thoughts are on that, frankly, but uh, I guess I look at it this way. If you're one of those folks who doesn't feel safe going back to work, then I don't think you should have to. But I also don't think that employers uh, should have to uh, go out of business if they can't get workers back. And and I think if the market itself takes over, what's going to happen is you've got all, how many millions of unemployed people right now? If, if, if employee one won't take it, then somebody else will, I think. Um, and then, you know, I think the other thing we're going to hear about, or maybe I, I anticipate is this notion of what, uh, uh, what are stores, what are retail stores, what are businesses? Like I have a professional business, you have a retail business. What are, gonna, what are we going to be required to do? And that, that begs all sorts of questions. Like what is the power of the government to cram it down on us? Uh, and if we don't, what are the consequences? Um, you know, my take on all of this is, in, in my typical libertarian fashion, is if people don't feel safe, Jared, going into your store, then they won't. And you won't get business. If you then take measures to make them feel safe coming into their store, then they will. And you will get business. So, you know, it's funny. I, I saw one of my, somebody who bends a little bit uh, in the opposite direction as I do politically, even he said uh, on a comment in Facebook, there was a rant about how uh, some stores were revolting about wearing masks or requiring masks, etc. And this is the most insightful thing that I have read in a long time. Uh, my, my colleague, who I'm very good friends with, said, well, if I, you know, they can, they can either mask up or not, but if they're not masked up, I ain't going in. I'm going somewhere else. Great. That's what makes our economic structure, this awful, evil capitalistic structure work. Because I think that stores will bend their policies and regulations to accommodate. Now that doesn't mean that there shouldn't be some uh, necessarily baseline government uh, requirements on safety as there is in many, many situations, like restaurants have a baseline uh, regulatory scheme that I think in a lot of ways is a necessary component of a governmental structure. Uh, although, you know, that's debatable too, but uh, you know, if, if it, it's odd, I had a, Jared, you know, I was down in court down in Claremont County and uh, yesterday, my first court appearance. And uh, I, I was, there were not, some people wearing masks, some weren't. I had to get my temperature taken on the way in, a little eyeball deal. All right, hold on. Here we go. Hello. All right, I'm going to put you on hold. Hang on. If you need free legal advice on local branding, better call Steve. Better call right now. One open line, 821 Steve Palmer, live from his office. What's up, man? How are you? Hey, good morning. Hope everybody's doing well and not sick. Yeah, definitely, man. Uh, everyone. Yeah, so far in here. Yeah, so far so good. Hope you're well as well. Yeah, yep. Hope you're well as well is always a weird thing to say. That's why you're not a doctor, because that'd be mm. weird. Yeah. Um, I have a question already at the gate from Christina. She wants to know what can she do if she's been forced to go back to work, but she wants to go back to work, but her daycare isn't open for her child, and she doesn't know what to do. And uh, I imagine a lot of people said, are going to be in this situation. They said you have to figure it out, or we're going to have to let you go. Yeah, this is going to be a huge issue, and here's why: because uh, you know, it did, the the daycares opening up did not correspond with other businesses opening up. And you got folks that have been working at home or laid off at home and presume that for a second, and they're collecting unemployment. So they get called back and they say, no, I can't because I have a kid. Um, now, my understanding is that uh, 
there may be, and this is just my recollection, I might be wrong, but I believe in the unemployment side of things, there is a provision that would still permit that individual from, uh, or permit that individual to collect unemployment. But it doesn't necessarily mean that the employer uh, would have to not just go hire somebody else who can come back. And here's, if you really want to make it more complicated, lots and lots and lots of small businesses have now received the PPP loan. And the provisions of that and the terms of that uh, complicate this even more because now if you're a small business, you have eight weeks to use this payroll. And if you don't, uh, there are consequences like it doesn't get forgiven or you have to give it back or maybe even pay more back uh, with interest. And so employers are in a spot too. It's not just the uh, greedy, awful employers. They've got this government loan that on the face of it sounds great, but if the employee says, no, I can't come back, and the employer has to use it, uh, that puts everybody at loggerheads. It's a, it, there's no good answer to this. Um, all I can say is on my end, I've called people back uh, to, to do some work, and I am, I am bending over backwards to help accommodate their child care issues at home and letting people as much as possible work at home uh, and, and, and do what I can. But there, there's no end-all, be-all solution to this one, unfortunately. Yeah, it seems like it's going to be um, on a case-to-case basis as well, like with employers, because obviously some employers are going to respect that. I mean, hell, if you work for a major, major corporation, I can only imagine like over at the L brand groups, so they have to have like mass daycares over there. So there's going to be some other places in town that do that. Uh, so people will be set. But there's going to be other folks that have a tough time, that had a tough time before this started with child care. But now that everyone's at home and they're learning from home, I mean, you know, that even begs other questions. Like kids go to daycare. How are they doing school at home if the mom's at, at work all day long and the dad's at work all day long? Like when are they doing school? Yeah, you bet. So if you have to do school at home and you have to work, it's it's really hard. I mean, I will say this. Today, I'm going to do this show. We're going to give all the legal advice that we can give. And then I'm going to go get my kids and I'm going to, I'm going to tuck them into an office in my building and say, go to school, boys. Uh, because, uh, I, you know, somebody has to be there to do that. It's, it's, it, I'm lucky that I can do that. Others cannot. Yeah. And you said it, man. Absolutely. All right. So, uh, we have, uh, two open lines right now, 821-9970. We're going to fill those up. And when we come back, we'll take uh, more calls, more text messages coming in. I mean, like by the dozens here at 99700. If you want to get yours read today and answered by Steve, get it in ASAP. We're back live with Steve Palmer. Legal question from you guys. Absolutely free. Randy and I live here on the Blitz. A couple of open lines if you want to get in. 821 at 9970. Some of these names. Uh, this dad wants to know how old does a child have to be, Steve Palmer, to make its own choice to go to the other parent's house? All right. Well, the child never gets to make their own choice completely, uh, generally speaking. I mean, the standard that we always start with is what's in the best interest of the child. And then there becomes a time or there comes a time in the child's life when their input becomes relevant. And the older they get, the more relevant it gets. Uh, and I think around, I think generally the age is 14 where they can start having some some real legitimate input on where they want to go and what they want. But, you know, I always, I always think of it this way. When I was 14, what would I really want? You know, I would want a free-for-all, a complete uh, – party scene, do whatever I want, stay out as long as I want, uh, not do any homework. You know, that that's going to be a lot of times if you're a kid, those, that's going to be your choice, even though it may not be in your best interest. So courts are pretty reluctant just to say this is what the kids want, so this is what we're going to get. Um, but I think the older they get, you know, they get into their higher teens, 16, 17, uh, they, there's a lot more latitude. And I would hope 
that the parents also would be understanding that the child gets a lot more latitude that way too. In other words, open it up a little bit. If your kid wants to go here, because, go to one house because they have school the next day and it's closer or they have some other thing going on, you know, at that age, uh, you know, I, I think opening it up and, and, and being, giving them some freedom is, is important. All right, we're going to jump to uh, some text messages here. Thick Rick Gavin? Yeah, uh, so somebody wanted to know, uh, because it was always said, you know, that a business owner had the right to refuse service to anybody they wanted for any reason, and so somebody's asking, is it legal for government or even private businesses to make people wear masks? All right, so to make people wear masks, you mean, I, I think what he means is if I have a customer coming into my store, can I require them to wear masks? Well, the answer is, uh, we have to define requirement. So if I'm going to say, if I'm going to treat you, if I'm going to give you my product or sell you my product or, or engage, uh, or let you engage my services, I'm going to require you to have a mask. Um, that I think that person could say no. And I think I could say, well, then I'm sorry, I'm not going to help you. Uh, now at some point, the market is going to sort this out. You're going to have businesses uh, capitalizing on this by saying, well, look, I, I don't require masks, so therefore I think I'm going to get more business, or the opposite may also be true. Um, now, we can't, the businesses can't just make decisions uh, any way they want. I mean, the government has stepped in. The, the most glaring example would be the, uh, the uh, wedding cake uh, for the uh, gay wedding, you know, they, the yeah, government right. there yeah, stepped in. forgot about that, right, right. Yeah, now, I, I don't necessarily agree with that governmental authority. I, I do think that that if somebody doesn't want to, to bake that cake, then so be it. Just go to somewhere else. You know, I mean, and, you know, if I'm the guy that bakes cakes for everybody, that's exactly what I'm going to do because I want to make more money. Um, but yeah, this, I think that's how it gets sorted out. And if it's discriminatory or if the mask wearing example becomes a, a sort of a, a, a ruse just to be discriminatory on some other improper reason for some other improper purpose like race, well, then that might be a problem. But uh, I, I, I think the business can say, look, we're going to require you to wear a mask. I mean, that, and I think I, the more of that going on freely with the business making those decisions, uh, the happier I am. Because I think we are all reasonably intelligent uh, people and we have the ability to figure this out without having it crammed down. Um, because there may be businesses that masks make it worse. And it's hard from a governmental standpoint to identify those and leave room for all that kind of stuff. All right, we got another one here. Uh, it says Elon Musk is working on making driverless cars for Uber. So they said if you order an Uber and you get a driverless car, can you still get a DUI? Aha. Well, this is uh, you know that I love these questions. This is like this is not virus related, so it makes me happy. Not at all. They're like, hey, yo, Steve, right. yo, Steve, hey, yo, get back out there. Check this out right here. What happens? Yeah. So, could I get uh, a DUI if I'm in a driverless car? Well, the answer is probably not. In, in order to have a DUI, you have to have a single, or you have to have an important element called operation. Now, here's the thing: uh, if you're there's another crime or offense, I guess, a traffic violation called physical control or being in physical control while under the influence of alcohol. Now, if you're just riding in your buddy's car and you're drunk, that doesn't qualify. Uh, so. I think you're probably okay getting in a driverless car while you're intoxicated. It would be weird though, wouldn't it? It's like, uh, what's the, uh, Schwarzenegger movie, um, uh, where they go to Mars. They, they had that Johnny total recall. Cat. Yeah. Total, total recall. recall. Yeah. Uh, so it, it's, it's a brave new world, man. 
So somebody just texted and said they went to Menards yesterday and they are requiring masks. And if you don't have one, they will sell you one for a dollar. Uh, I require a mask at Menards too. Now that's going to be a that's going to be an interesting question. So if they require a mask and won't let you go in without a mask, uh, is it is it going to be improper to sell you? Is that like a cover charge? Yes, I don't know. Somebody said Walmart will sell you. Somebody else said Walmart will sell you one for a dollar if you don't have one. But they didn't say they were requiring it. I'm with Steve, man. I think the market is going to work all this stuff out, and you know, and people are are going to act how they're going to act. But you know, why? If, if we didn't have to push it as far as it will get pushed, where people have to say, "All right, fine, you have to do this. Right. You have to do this." People are just, "Hey, you know, this is probably the best way to go, to go about it," right. and everybody would kind of get on board. Then that would be the best way because then they don't have to mandate anything. But unfortunately, it's a lot of people living in this country. Well, now, Kelly, didn't you say that Dewine did say companies could refuse service to people without a mask? Okay. Well, I guess, guys. I mean, I look at it this way: if I'm if I'm Menards and I'm paying, I'm selling masks for a buck, uh, or if I or if I'm Lowe's and Menards is selling masks for a buck, if I'm Lowe's, I'm going to say I'm going to give them away. And guess what? You're going to get more business. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. I think so too. Yeah, because you look like the good guy. You know, of course, right? I mean, this, this is in, now. Do they care that you're they're being a good guy? No, I don't think so. But they're it, like it's in their business interest to give them away because then they get more customers. And I, I think you're going to see a lot of that if, in the absence of government intervention on this, you're going to see a lot of it work itself out. And uh, that's, that's my hope anyway. That's awesome, man. All right, I'm watching you broadcast live from your beautiful podcast facility there. Man, it's looking good, man. Yeah, I, I didn't know you guys had the video. That's awesome. Yeah, checking out the uh, video right now. And, okay, so we have one final question. Uh, someone wants to know here, Steve, uh, live from the podcast studio that is... Ten stars in the short north. I can see you, but you can't see me, so you should call the place. Yes. Uh, this is the question of a lifetime. Can we sue China? <laughs> can we sue China? Now, this is this is an interesting question, right? Because China holds a lot of our debt, and uh, you know, the question is not can we sue China. The better question is can we just default and say no, nope, we're filing for bankruptcy, we're not going to pay you. Then what happens, and how does it all work out? Because uh, if the reason for all the defaults of our debt is because of something China did, now I'm, these are just we're just sort of talking out loud here, thinking out loud here. But uh, legally speaking, that that could result in some very interesting litigation going forward in the future. So can we sue China? Maybe not directly, but uh, indirectly, uh, there might be uh, some of that stuff might have to get hashed out. And when you say I'm just not paying you, there's no like real court of law internationally that you would go to, right? No, well, look, you can just refuse to participate, right? I mean, then it's like it's a power play. And but the other the other component of that is, and I'm no financial wizard or, or global economics wizard. Uh, I'm going to guess that China has a lot of investments within our country too. Uh, and how does that happen? So if they own private industry here or private property here or stuff in the United States, and we default, what then? I mean, are they going to? It gets really it gets complicated. You've heard about it in other countries. Can the can the U.S. government go and take things back from people like if the things that let's just say that are China owned? Well, y- y- yes and no. I mean, it, it it all comes back to roost at some juncture. I mean, if if we did that, uh, this is uh, it's because we have bigger guns than the other guy, and uh, it's a power move. But then, what do we expect in return? Next time we need somebody. Uh, to back us financially, then they're not going to be there because we defaulted or we just uh, we didn't play fair. So, 
you know, again, the market globally or otherwise sort of works it out there. And, and it's, a, it's a delicate balance. I'm no expert. I'm just uh, calling issues as I'm thinking about them. Steve Palmer, definitely an expert in everything that is law. And you guys can ask all legal questions every single Wednesday at 8.30 right here on the show. Check out Steve on his own podcast via YouTube. You can check him out on iTunes. You're on, like, everywhere, right, like, that you can pick up uh, any sorts of podcasts. Yeah, I mean, uh, just uh, Google Lawyer Talk off the record. We've got our own website now. You'll see it on OhioLegalDefense.com for uh, the law firm if you have any questions. There's uh, question portals, et cetera. And just to get off topic real quick, guys, i got to give a shout-out to Shorty. It's her birthday. Happy birthday, Shorty. She's an awesome friend. She's a fan of the show. Uh, but uh, everybody tune in. Shoot us a question if you want uh, more info on anything. All right. Thanks so much, man. All right. Thanks, guys. All right, so uh, another another Blitz Wednesday. You know, I was happy to hear that we were trying to predict what those questions would be. We were right a little bit, but then, you know, I, I had this glimmer of hope, man. We started to hear some, uh, you know, the, the one about getting into the Johnny Cab. It's uh, It felt good to get a question like that because it's not virus-related. People are starting to think uh, maybe there is a future. Maybe I Maybe life will go back to some semblance of normal. Well, that's it. I talked with our friend Dwayne Napper the other day. So he woke up early, turned on TV. So he's watching the news, having his coffee, five in the morning. And uh, he said, I, I started making a checklist of every story that was coronavirus. He was like, and then when they took a break and I'm watching commercials, commercials are coronavirus. It's like right now, I don't know if you've noticed that if you fast forward through all your commercials, but on TV, every company has now, like from Domino's to Amazon to everybody that's out there is letting you know that we're with you or this is this and this. And so even the commercials are ate up with Corona. I know. It's just, it, I, I'm sick of it. Now, look, if the commercials, commercials are- Commercials have got the Corona. Yeah, I, but at <laughs> least at least it's it's the market doing it. And it's, it's that notion that it, 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 at least- somebody's trying to engage in some commerce here. And, you know, you start hearing about people selling masks in order to go into their store. Uh, you know, that's going to chisel back to nothing. You know, people are going to start giving masks away because what's going to happen is the people are going to say, no, I'm not going to pay for a mask when this other store will give it to me for free. So it's, uh, I like to hear questions that uh, aren't necessarily directly Corona related, but uh, even if they are indirectly Corona related that involve going back to stores and engaging in commerce, I think that's awesome. It, it just gives me that little, uh, a little happy feeling that maybe we can have something normal again as we go forward. The driverless Uber car. And I guess I never really thought about that. What if it did hit somebody? Yeah. What if it hit a pedestrian? Yeah. And you know, I, I don't think that passenger, of course, unless the passenger did something to cause it, I don't think the passenger is going to be uh, responsible for that. But uh, that's a brave new world, man. We're going to have all sorts of, uh, you know, back before the virus, we would talk about these things and, and how it's going to work legally speaking. And uh, there's going to be a lot of litigation about who's responsible, what's the, uh, what are the consequences of that? And is it going to be Uber? Is it going to be the owner of the car? Does Uber going to own the cars? Are they going to lease the car? You know, there's a lot of uh, layers to this. But, I, I, you know, let it happen, man. We, we figure it out. We always figure it out some way or another. Um, you know, before I want to get back to this, because before we uh, went on the blitz there, we were talking about my experience in court down in Claremont County. And I wanted to just finish that. I was down there. So they had to take my temperature. They're, they're open. You know, it was the first hearing I'd had since, um, uh, since, uh, the shutdowns. 
And uh, I went through the metal detectors and they took my temperature. They didn't tell me what it was, but they took my temperature and it was uh, presumably. With the laser that they put like on your forehead? Uh, laser beam? It, it was like either my eye or the forehead or something. I don't know. I took my glasses off. I thought they were hitting the eye. What do I know? I've never had that done. I, I didn't know. I, I've seen it before. I thought it was forehead. I remember you saying eye. I was like, that's something new. I guess I guess in your eye scan. Maybe it felt like a they, retinal they scan. They, 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 didn't ta- they didn't tell you the temperature because actually they were just registering your eye. Yeah, now I'm on to some, scan you in. I'm on a database. Yeah. yeah. Now, so they let me in, and I wasn't wearing a mask. Others were, and you know, I've got my thoughts on masks or not masks. Um, I do really try to keep my social distance, and I did yesterday at court as well. But it's really bizarre having clients next to me and not be able to confer very close. I mean, if anybody who's done what I do or something similar, I guess, where you have to actually sit at a a table and have communication with a client that's confidential and whispering, so to speak, uh, you can't do it, not six feet apart. Uh, So that's going to have to be dealt with. And I don't know if masks would be enough like mask would make it harder. You'd have to talk louder or, you know, who knows? It's almost like uh, we'll have to figure that one out. Um, the other thing I, uh, it, it, I, while I was sitting waiting, a discussion came up with a bailiff and a courtroom a deputy who was there. And maybe there was another couple lawyers just straggling around. And they said, well, nobody, you know, it looks like we're all going to have to wear masks in court. And it just dawned on me as I was sitting there looking at the empty courtroom and the empty jury box and uh, the judge wasn't on the bench yet. And I just thought to myself, man, if I have to have a trial wearing a mask, I am going to jump up and down and object and protest. And, it, it, you know, you just cannot communicate and advocate and argue and get your point across effectively while wearing a mask. Um, it, it's like it, it's, it's not what we contemplated when we talked about having jury trials and conforming our constitutional right under the sixth amendment to trial by jury to wearing a mask, boy, that's going to be a tough one. And, you know, I, I bet that it shakes out against uh, my position eventually. Cause it's going to, if it, if it comes that everybody has to wear a mask to keep everybody safe, then the courts will find a way to bend the rules to make that okay. But boy, that's going to suck. And that's like you said, mainly for you and defending your, your, you know, I mean, your client, but there's also a part of where you watch the jurors and you're watching their faces. Oh yeah. And you're seeing their responses. Great point. Yeah. I mean, the facial expressions, the, or the witness, man, I've questioned plenty of witnesses and there's there. Think of a conversation anybody has over a cup of coffee every day or a beer or whatever. Uh, How much is getting communicated without saying anything or think of the difference between having a phone call with somebody or like we're doing right now, you're not here, but we're looking at each other on the screen at least. And that's hard in and of itself. But without that, it's even harder. And, you know, I can smile to you. I can wink to you. I can give you a little uh, nod or I can, I can, you know, raise the corner of my mouth or even frown. And those are signals that are very, very important. And in fact, in law, we even recognize those things as what we call, we call those things verbal acts. So if I am communicating to you, Jared, using a verbal act, like a frown or a smile or like a, you know, a click, click uh, with my cheek and, and mouth, and that's intended to be communication. If you go try to repeat that in a courtroom, what I did to you, it's hearsay. 
even though I didn't speak anything, it's called a verbal act. I intended it to be communication, and therefore it's treated like hearsay. Uh, and with a mask on, uh, it's gone. You know, you can't do it. I mean, how many times have, have I sat around and watched the news or like a 2020 or something, and you see video from the courtroom, and the defendant took the stand, and they get asked questions, and I hear this more than anybody. It's like, look, look at his face. Did you yeah. see Did you see his face? You know I mean, people start making judgments when they're asked a question. Before they answer, do they wince? Do they, you know, wh- wh- where, where do they go from there? Yeah, it, it makes a difference. Um, their demeanor, their mannerisms, uh, you know, now I guess on the other hand, it might, if you're trying to, if you're somebody who looks like a liar, it might help you, but that hurts, yes. but that hurts the process. That, yes, that does. Yeah. Because like I say, jurors are going to be looking at the person, at the witness, at the, you know, watching them. And now not only that, you put the mask on, we're just talking communication here. I don't think people are going to talk as fluently and because you're going to have something else on your mind while this mask is there. Now I had a client yesterday after our hearing went down to the clerk of courts and we had to have some communication about filing something. And it dawned on me halfway through what was going on. The clerk was wearing a mask and she was talking very, very kind. I mean, we were treated very well. Um, She was talking and he had this utter look of confusion on his face. And I would, uh, so then I would say, then I would sort of, I took that cue to mean like he didn't understand necessarily what was going on. So I just, I repeated it and translated it into what I, uh, what, but that wasn't what was going on. He has a hearing aid and he relies on reading lips and he does it almost, it's not like he has formal training, but we were walking away. He goes, man, it's hard for me to hear. I've just gotten used to watching people's mouths when they talk and it helps me hear them. And he couldn't hear. And it's like a whole different sensory perception for him. Uh, And those kind of things are going to be really, really impactful for, say, hearing impaired people. And those who rely on that kind of thing to actually, as a hearing aid, even if not an actual one, then uh, then a a, a second sense of hearing. I suppose at some point I'll have to have that, but I have one ear after my accident where I've only got like 10% of hearing in it. And so a lot of times I, I watch people's mouths. I need that as well. If you're down the room, I mean, I, that, that's part of it right there. And if I'm around the corner and it, it sounds like it sounds muffled. And if somebody's voice is muffled, it, it, I, watching people's lips is, I can do it. Not like I say I'm a professional lip reader, but just throughout trying to communicate with people that has your, your mind adapts. I mean, you, yeah. your, your, your brain will do it itself. We'll start to figure it out. I'll bet you most of and, us do that, you know, and we don't even know. And when they were talking to DeWine on the mask, one of the questions and things that came up, he told a story about he talked to this woman though, that had son had autism, and he's like would freak out with the mask on, really. And on that, he freaks out when he goes out in public and everybody's wearing a mask. Now... That was the only story he told. And then all kinds of people are like, because of one person's feelings and, and this, and they start going crazy. And, and the question kind of got brought up to that, but then DeWine went in there and he stated that I heard from a lot of 
And a lot of people feel that this is the government going too far. And his constitutional rights, and he, he briefly said it for a second, so he was like, yes, I told that story. That was the story he picked that, was, that he felt the best. But then Danny said this. He said, listen, that, that is the government going too far for me to say you have to. And this goes back to our business policies. Like, you know, taking the knee, right? Taking the knee and, and the NFL or different teams. Those are private industries. You know, if, they, if, if you work somewhere and they say you have to wear a mask, you're probably going to have to wear a mask. Yeah. Yeah. And, and look, let's, let's take it this way. You've talked, I mean, let's take it out of COVID for a second, but in a parallel universe where you've told, and I've noticed this for years, and I talked to you about it in, in the context of COVID, but you go to the sandwich store. And there's the dude wearing those big plastic gloves and he's making a sandwich and he's wiping his forehead and he's touching. And I'm just thinking to myself, well, he's protecting his own hands, but it's not really doing much for my food. Now, if the government says in order to make that sandwich by some sort of food regulation um, or the department of uh, the director of health says that, well, it sounds good. To say everybody who makes a sandwich at a subway shop or a sandwich shop has to wear gloves, but what you do when you wear those gloves, it creates a a false sense of everything you do is fine, and it's not fine. Uh, so gloves don't protect you uh, unless you have you're doing other things. So a requirement that you wear gloves may actually uh, incentivize behavior that you're trying to, or behavior that's going to result in consequences you're trying to avoid by making them more gloves in the first place. It's like the cover on the hot rod. You know, you get a fancy paint job, you put a cover on it. Now everybody thinks it's uh, impervious to anything. So they're leaning their bikes on it. They're leaning on it. They're, you know, they're reaching over it. They're doing stuff that they would never do if the shiny paint job were right there in front of them. And with gloves on and masks on, people are engaging in riskier behavior because they, they have this even subconscious thought that they're safe. And they may not be. Uh, so I, I, I don't know. This is, no, this I would is... rather, and I've seen this. I've gone out to a sandwich place. I watched this man got a hand sink right there when he makes my sandwich. I watched him wash his hands when he made my sandwich. And I was with somebody. They're like, he's not wearing gloves. I said, I know. Thank God. They're like, what do you mean? I'm like, I just watched. And I saw him wash his hands and wash them properly. Mm-hmm. And he dried it, then he came over and made my sandwich. And I was like, that is way better than the kid that scratched his butt, wiped his forearm. I mean, you know, just, just yeah, with the gloves. And that's. So if you're yeah. wearing safety equipment, and I've done this in, in construction stuff. So you're wearing the respirator, you're wearing a helmet, uh, you're wearing gloves, you're doing whatever. Think of what. Uh, and this is not to say it's not necessary, but we have to be conscious, consciously aware of it. Um, maybe you're sweating more because you got the hair thing on and then you're wearing gloves and you're sweating more. So you start wiping your brow a little bit because the sweat's dripping. And if you didn't have any of that stuff on, um, it's not to say there aren't other problems. You might have hair dropping in, but you wouldn't be sweating and then wiping your, your brow with your gloves on and then touching people's food. It, it just is, I guess, the point of all this is when we mandate something universally for all businesses, it may not be the best thing for every individual business at the local level. And again, somewhere a balance has to be had where you know at your store, Jared, what is needed and what isn't needed, and you're going to require what you think is needed. If you're reckless about it, I would hope 
that the market would shut you down or there maybe needs to be some baseline minimums uh, out of uh, the regulatory scheme that just that, that covers that or forces you into a situation where you have to explain why you're doing what you're doing. Uh, so it's like having a, having a standard protocol across the board for all businesses is a recipe for abject failure and, and a complete – it always results in unintended consequences and it will here too. You said something earlier. You said that uh, – I don't know if we were recording or not. If you're wearing a mask, say, in a courtroom, how much louder do I have to speak? And how much, how much more contamination am I spewing into the air because I'm speaking louder or forcing it more? Or um, do I have to loosen it in order to get my point across? And then it gets worse than if I were just not wearing it. You know, it's like these, this is not my – I'm not taking the position that masks should never be worn but I think it's a fair discussion to have about what can it do, what can't it do, what are the upsides and downsides of each individual activity that you're wearing the mask while you're engaging in it. I mean, I, I, those, are, those are the discussions that need to happen. And the employers are going to need to think about this too. If they're mandating that their uh, employees wear a mask, in doing that, they're going to have more fatigue. Are you going to have more fatigue? Because you are going to be receiving less oxygen and you're going to be taking in more CO2. Because as humans breathe out, we produce CO2. As we breathe in, we take in oxygen. Whenever you're limiting that airflow, you're, 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 it's concentrated now. So there's CO2 that's out. As you breathe back in, you're pulling in CO2. Mm-hmm. You're not pulling in as much oxygen. So literally, employees will need breaks where they can take the mask off. Yep. It's, it's, it's weird in, you know... Look, it's. Uh, let me just say. Let me just say this. If you wear glasses and you stock shelves. I'm just gonna say it. Are fogged up and you're dropping and you're dropping stuff because you can't really see. I, then you got to take your glasses off. And you got to wipe them down. You're trying to keep putting them up there. Well, I was just gonna and, say, man. I wear glasses and I tried to put a mask on at a store the other day and I couldn't freaking see anything. My ma- and, and what did I do? Immediately, where did my hands go? To my eyes. So it's like, and I thought that I was like, oh crap. So uh, now I'm closer to my eyes, taking my glasses off, and then you got to clean them or do whatever. And now my hands are around my face where they shouldn't be in the first place. So now it's resulted in behavior that is that we're trying to avoid. It just it, there's no good there's no good solution. I don't propose to have a solution, but I do propose to those mask mandators. Look, we got to think of it all. I'm not saying you never should wear a mask. I'm not saying you always should wear a mask. I'm saying that we need to consider the pros and cons of each activity as we do it. And there very well may be activities where it's detrimental for lots of other reasons that are far worse than potentially catching a virus. And they kept preaching on there. They're like, we're not, it doesn't have to be a mask, just a face covering, just a face covering. Like Michael they Jackson. Keep going on and on about the face. Yeah, and exactly. And you know, I mean, the bandanas work. I make something out of an old T-shirt. And which is kind of really, if you think about it, it it feeds into the how much it's nonsense. But I guess what well, that's my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got a store that uh, Governor Dewine. I listen to him there at two o'clock every day, and same time I'll be listening to him. He's got his because it's not like he actually does his tweets on the Twitter. You know what I mean? He's, somebody's doing it because as he would as project because I listen on the radio and watch on TV. If he's projecting something, it's on Twitter, you know, and and so and as he states something, it comes out. So all of his listens are his big points that he's releasing. And then I'm like this old Judge DeWine sentenced me to two more weeks. Yeah, and I didn't know that. 
I didn't know that. Now you got to remember, he started out with the one date that was the sixth, right? Then, so I was like, okay, everybody, we're closed for 14 days. I talked to my team, hunkered down, and then we got hit with the first. And then we keep waiting because we know it's not going to be everything. And, and he said, he gave me a week long. And you brought up on the thing there, the, the, the payroll loans. And then it's like, okay, we're going to be open on the first. We painted my store. I've called my team. I had meetings with each of them individually. We go through. Everybody wants to come back to work. We're getting it set up. And then when we were supposed to open on Friday, mon Monday, I hear, no, you're, you're not going to. And everybody's going to mandate masks. Knowing that even the first time he said that, that deep down inside, he kind of lingered on that he can't totally mandate it. Got so much fluck back that he had to come back and say this. But that threw me off two weeks. Yeah, you know. And I didn't know that was coming. And you have to use a payroll loan. I mean, so the businesses out there that got the payroll loan, they have eight weeks to use it from the date they got it. And if their business isn't open yet, uh, they didn't know that their business wouldn't be open when they applied for the payroll loan. Uh, so, you know, in theory, they have to hire everybody back and twiddle their thumbs or engage in some other work-related activity if they can come up with it uh, until the businesses do open up. Um, now, if, if, if they did that with the anticipation on May 1, like everybody said, we were going to open up and then they didn't, then how, does the how can they justify making you use the payroll loan uh, in eight weeks uh, or else have consequences? I, I guess the, the whole thing is a, is a mess and I mean, I've not been shy about this. I think the government struggles doing stuff like this because it's not the government's job to do stuff like this. It's, it's, it, and they're trying hard and they're, and they're, 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 they're doing what they can to give us uh, some help uh, after, the, after our businesses have been sort of taken away through no fault of our own. Um, so it's not that. It's just to say that it's it, – why can't it be too – why can't we say, look – this doesn't make any sense without getting accused of uh, of the total opposite, you know, taking being an obstructionist denier position either. I mean, I think every all these things are imperfect, um, and the more of it that comes out that's mandated, the more imperfect it will be. There needs to be playing the joints on this stuff. So if I had 16 weeks of, as a small business to use the loan because I know what my business is and it's going to slowly open, uh, then why not? Or if I if you're a restaurant and you got a payroll protection loan, and you, you thought maybe on May 1 you'd get opened up and you didn't, it's like you can't use the money now, and, and it's, not, uh, it's not your fault. It just is. Uh, so you send it back, and then in three weeks you open up, and now you can't hire anybody back. It, it, it's, it's, it, there's going to have to be some it, – it, it just no, something's got to give. I believe, I believe there will be changes made. I, I believe that there has to, or you know that loan right there can do more harm than good to uh, the employees and employer and owner. Uh, and so we had, I had a schedule written up for everybody to come back to work. You know what I mean? Cause we, we were getting ready. And that was one thing that, that Dwight would always say is make sure you get ready, make sure you get ready. So there's no loitering. So I had a wait area that's been removed. I've got a new counter going in there with our, you know, disinfectant bar. You know, I'll have gloves that's offered to my customers. I got sanitation wipes. I have, uh, you know, the, the, the hand sanitizer will be there. Next to that, I've also implemented an industrial steam machine that will be running 24 hours a day with a log that we will be able to spray the handles both inside and outside of the doors. It's going to be going at 275 degrees. No viruses will make it. And I'm going to be able to steam clean and go through there. 
I had to have a discussion with my people to see how they felt about mass, where they were at. And on one in there, majority of my employees would prefer not to wear a mask. So I said, okay, but now if somebody said, I want to wear a mask, or I need to wear a mask, I'm like this, okay, that's fine. Uh, I would have crossed the bridge if they wanted to work with people wearing a mask. And if we'd have done that, I would have maybe found, you know, we, we could have changed the schedule. We could have worked it out. Yep. Now, with customers to come in, if they want to come into my store and not wear a mask, they can. They come into my store and want to wear a mask, they can. If they come in the store and no one's going to, instead of mask, just go back to facial covering. If they want to come in, but they only want to do business with somebody wearing a mask, I have them available. Down to the N95 illicit hidden masks, I've got a case of them. And I've got bandanas. Because oddly enough, bandanas got sold out of everywhere. Yeah. But I am a motorcycle enthusiast, and I have a collection of bandanas. So I've had them cleaned, got them set out. And not only with that, with our steam machine, we can clean our bandanas, hang them up, and, and, and we're good to go. You know? So I did not know that they were saying Walmart was selling or giving away the mask. That's where they weren't mandated. They said if you wanted it. No, no, no. Menards, they were saying. No, they, no, I think they we have to listen back. I think he said at Walmart, they were selling them for a buck if you wanted one. But at Menards, they said you had to have one. And if you didn't have one, they sell it to your daughter in the store. As you talk to a colleague that mentioned to you that if they're not wearing a mask, he won't go to that store. If they make me wear a mask, I will not go to that store. Yeah. So it works both ways, right? And and you have to decide what the best way to deal with it is. And, you know, there's going to have to be a figure it out time frame, for lack of a better way to put it, an experimental time frame where, where businesses will decide based on commerce, based on safety, based upon all sorts of, uh, of moving parts within their own equations, how it is best. And I don't think it's fair to say every business has to do this because there are businesses where it's probably worse to do it than it would be to do it. And this could be any number of things like gloves or like masks or like hats or like uh, uh, curbside or not curbside. Because, you know, if there's a, uh, if there's a situation where if you're wearing a mask, it makes it, uh, it forces you into, into unintended behavior that makes it unsafe, then it's better not to wear a mask. And don't tell me those, those situations don't exist because they do. Um, if, and they do exist. I yeah. saw. I saw it. I saw it yesterday. I go to Kroger's, and they put out an email. All employees must do it. I see these two kids stalking, and the one kid, one kid reaches over with his glove on to fix his buddy's mask, <laughs> right? And I just seen employees. Then, and oddly enough, I seen one guy walk out of the parking lot, take his mask down to his chin, and these people do not seem comfortable in their mask working. And how long do they want this to go on? Because right now they're saying, oh, we're going to get, now I heard new reports. I didn't, didn't open up the article. I just saw in there that it's like, we're going to have a fall and winter rush come back on. How long? And then some people are, would say that I'm just an asshole because I don't care about anybody. And my, you know what I mean? Why, why, you know what I, mean? I, I don't care about the health and lives. And then I go back to thinking about Walmart, Menards, all these big box stores that were allowed to be in business when I was not allowed to be in business um, for two months. 
Mm-hmm. They weren't wearing masks. Oh, of where course are the not. bodies? Where are the Walmart bodies? Where are the where are the Kroger bodies? All of these stores when that's the only place people have been shopping because that's the only place it's been open. The Walmart next to where my store is located, it was packed. The Kroger's out here is busy. Anything that's open, because that's the only places you can go to. Yeah. And, and where are the bodies? Yeah. Is there a magical this is like the drinking age? Like, is there a magic about age 21 where all of a sudden alcohol is not harmful to you? Or is it uh, just a date that they, or a time and date they picked in space and said, this sounds good and we'll just apply it to everybody? Um, So if you're Walmart yesterday, figuratively speaking, yesterday, no masks are required. Now they are. And people have been doing commerce for six weeks without masks in there at the same rate they're doing it now. And there's not been anything that's happened. Uh, that's crazy. So to say then that your business, a small business, for instance, uh, couldn't have operated with or without, or now has to operate with masks. Uh, and we know that for six weeks, another very busy commercial establishment like Walmart was operating without masks. Uh, it doesn't make any sense. It's about the optics and saying we're doing something. This is what we said from the beginning. It's like everybody well, says this, got to do something. We got to do something. It may not add up. It may not make sense, but we got to do something. And again, this isn't to impugn the, the veracity of masks, but it is to impugn uh, the position that masks are always good. Uh, they aren't the always masks good. masks are there to hold the narrative. The masks are there to hold the narrative. To some, they are. And to others, it makes sense. It's like, um, you know, anybody who's worn a mask for work purposes, like drywall or otherwise, it sucks. It's hard. It gets sweaty. It's, it's difficult. And you have to do it. And I'm sure doctors really struggle with this. I've never been a surgeon, obviously, but they have to wear masks all day. They probably get used to it. And maybe there's a time when it, it starts to make more sense. But I'll bet you as soon as they're out of surgery and they have to talk to somebody and communicate, they take it off. I see Shorty in the background. There's Shorty. Happy <laughs> birthday, girl. Um, Shorty just walked out of the studio, Jay, right in the middle of one of our rants and raves. Yep. This is, uh, you know, there's, there's for the shout out. Oh, yeah. We said happy birthday to Shorty on the Blitz. The, the uh, you know, they don't have quite a broad of uh, audience that we do here at Lawyer Talk, but, uh, you know, we did get the word out. <laughs> so. Well, look, uh, I, I got to wrap it up because business as usual, man. I got to go up to the law firm, take care of clients, take care of employees, and take care of business. Uh, but I think, uh, you know what we need next? We need another Doc Pulaski interface to see. Uh, I, I read some stories about uh, possible, um, um, I, I think I can't come up with the word, antidotes. What's the, what, blah, 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 blah. vaccines? Possible vaccines coming from uh, Oxford. Uh, and I, and I'd love to hear his thoughts on the antibody test. I'd love to hear his sort of scientific thoughts on opening up and, and why yesterday at Walmart, there were no masks and that was okay. But today they have masks and it has to be that way. So yeah, yeah. Where are the bodies? Where are the bodies? Uh, uh, so let's, uh, let's, let's, let's put it on hold for now. This has been lawyer talk, special Wednesday blitz edition and lots, lots more. Uh, and just so everybody knows for the future, we have the Studio C set up uh, for all sorts of um, interactive stuff now. And I think uh, maybe next week, Jared, we start soliciting our own phone-in calls after the Blitz. Um, and we'll take some uh, – we'll just keep the questions going. Uh, but uh, until then, this is Lawyer Talk off the record, uh, on the air, uh, at least until now.